Hello, welcome back to Writing Off the Deep End. I'm Mary Thaler. And I'm Jeffrey Edwards. And today we're interviewing one of my friends, almost an online friend, but we have actually met in person. So this is Marco Morelli. He's a writer, a poet, an editor, a publisher, a visionary. And he, uh, he does something that I, I called uh, community architecture uh, as a way of talking about the other things that he does. So we'll find out a little bit more about all of that in the next few minutes. So welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on on your podcast. Very happy to be here and uh, grateful for the invitation. We often like to start off by finding a little bit about background. I think in junior high or high school, I wanted to write poetry. And I I don't think there was a lot of uh, self-awareness about that. Uh, But there was a time a little bit later where it came forth more powerfully and more as a disruption in my life. It was a big change for me going from uh, going away to to school. I went to Binghamton University in upstate New York. Uh, For me, it was an encounter with another realm in a way, like the realm of the mind, the realm of teachers and mentors who gave me another, gave me an example or model of like different ways of being in the world. Of course, like I, I had a history as a reader, like I was very into literature. And for me, as a teenager, uh, Oscar Wilde, Dostoevsky, um, J.D. Salinger, like there were certain voices or people whose, I know, opened the world for me in, in a way that was not really a part of my consensual reality. It wasn't what was on TV wasn't what my family was talking about. Uh, it wasn't what most of the kids in high school were talking about. The ideas and the language and the whole architecture of what, of what literature does like became an active part of, of my, my, frame, my life. And then I was in a relationship in college that went, kind of blew up. <laughs> and uh, that's when poetry itself like, came through me as like, an inspired force. Then I understood how hard it was to actually, you know, be in a, a relationship with with the energy that develops and grows into more complex and satisfying and communicable forms. And that's been like the journey of the last 20, 30 years for me has been learning how to work with inspiration and to join that with meaning. Wow, there's so much there. Uh, I want to follow up by asking you about your process. Like from the moment that you have an idea for a poem uh, to that elusive moment when you know that the poem, the work on the poem is finished, what kind of steps does it go through? That for me involves a lot of repetition, a lot of hearing things out, listening, reading. I look for clues in my environment talking out of dialogue with people like things will spark and I'll follow a kind of intuitive thread around like what might I need to know or where might I find the connecting you know the connecting tissue that makes this poem work I have not figured out a process uh, that I that is replicable in any way other than to just keep banging my head against the wall 
and then eventually I, I sort of learned to like ask subtler questions or to relax, you know, around certain tensions I might be feeling because it's, it's very, for me, in, transformative, like interiorly, like it's not just working on an aesthetic object out here. It's, it's working on the way that sound voice, like the way that I manifest in the world. That's what the poem is. So the part of the, my process that is more structured has to do with lifestyle. Like it has more to do with how I manage my day-to-day life. Like that I can spend some time on a more or less regular basis working on poetry alone in, you know, without anybody around, like, you know, listening or asking me questions or distracting me. Like that's the essential thing is that I can clear my mind enough. And the more time I can spend, I feel where I'm present and aware and, you know, like not divided and distracted. Like that is what that quality of attention is what brings like allows the, the poem to grow. Would this be a good time for you to read us a little bit of your work? I'd be happy to. <laughs> yeah. A prayer for the under laborers. I see and I feel what I see. I receive what I hear and communicate on my frequency. But the feelings I make with the force of the ungifted are fake energy scripted to the situation where I transmit with integrity. I know my station and I'll disentangle there whilst here I rhyme with fear to be nearer to a source vibration clear as a voice that wails before choice in the matter of the tongue a shattered ladder rung where the bones were strung and the body hung on wrangled woken words dangling into oblivion. To be authentically inauthentic is a good trick. Keeping it unreal could mean all things and nothing at all. Small matters in the end. To skill up, we can read and we can listen in two ways and so many more. 
I ride this train backward into the night to watch the underground sun set and feel the rumbling in the bottom of my skull. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> I've seen, I mean, I read it as tech, but it really struck me this time. Your voice reminds me a bit of Dylan Thomas that my father always listened to. There's something of the music and it took me back very powerfully. Well, I've definitely absorbed some of that sensibility and particularly for Dylan Thomas. Like some of his recordings, I think, were an inspiration to me to begin to explore in poetry, like what voice can do. Written poem is a transcription of that. And it's like the notes in a musical score that the instrument, in this case, the human voice brings to life. It, and, and so in this piece in particular, it worked for me. I'm happy with it on all those levels. Like the written level, it's got an interesting shape to it. And then it's the kind of poem that I, I enjoy reading and that I, I can read aloud, I can share with other people. And so what are you working on now? Uh, well, I'm, work, I'm in the very middle, the very middle, like structurally. I have one side of it and I have the other side of it. And um, it's a poem that is also like the title poem of a book called I Am the Singularity. I've written parts, part one, and about 47% of part two. And then I have part three framed. And for me, the, the personal significance of this poem is, it would be the equivalent of a master's degree. Uh, and it's playing with the idea of a technological singularity, like as described by Ray Kurzweil and you know, various other uh, futurists and, and, and thinkers, but um, like subverting that and like twisting it to aesthetic purposes um, because the, it could sound very egoic, like I am the singularity. But if you turn that around a little bit, it's also very similar to the Vedic statement, I am that, I am that, which is the formula of awakening essentially is to recognize one's identity with the all. The singularity to me is a metaphor for the all. To say I am the singularity is a way of giving myself to history, like to what's happening actually now in our time, to giving voice to that through the particular prism of my personhood. So how do you get from all that to editing, publishing, these other activities that you have embarked upon? Well, it's all, the thing is, it's all part of a piece, like the... For me, the, the poetry, I, I, I want it to be so, so like total that it's, it's not just words on a page or it's not just, you know, one particular voice, but it is invoking and it's connecting with a larger movement. Like the poetry has the opportunity not just to be, and it shouldn't just be relegated to kind of the fringes of, you know, cafes and um bookshops like it should be a living force in the world and uh, in order for it to be so it has to kind of 
be in dialogue with others, other people, other forces, other activities. So the publishing, the editing, the community organizing, like that's poetry too on a different level. And my poetry makes sense in relation to all of that. We can read each other and we each, we all have our own kind of lineages that come through us. And I think that we could, we can create like future traditions, you know? And so that's what I feel drawn to do. You know, I really have to do the publishing and editing and I enjoy doing it as well. It like gives, gets me out of myself. You know, bring, you know, build those, build those networks, I guess, where literature can, can live, you know, in, in our world because it lives through, it lives through dialogue. It lives through communities. It lives through readers appreciating work together. So thank you so much, Marco, for sitting with us and working through some of your ideas and your way of looking at the world and, and words. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, I hope that that made some sense. I think the next time, it, it, actually, it's, it's, it's actually well-timed. I think we're going to be looking at the issue of prophecy as it comes through in writing, such as science fiction and other forms of writing. Uh, so it's actually mm. a, a kind of thematic link with what we were talking about today. Well, that sounds great. So don't forget to subscribe if you like what you're hearing. And um, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye.